Welcome to the Insights Podcast. Joining me on the show today is Dr. Torkil Farrow. Torkil is a GP and emergency doctor in Oslo, Norway. And he's the author of the book, The Pulse Cure, a book that offers a new way to measure and master your energy and stress levels to optimize your health, happiness, and longevity. I talked to Torkil about why people are so stressed and sleeping so badly in 2023 what we can learn about our bodies from technology like smartwatches, phones, and devices like Aura Rings and Whoop Bands, what HRV is and why it's such a good indicator for our health, simple free solutions to improving your health that are personalised to you, and much more. Enjoy the episode. Right, well, why are people so stressed and sleeping so badly in 2023, Torquil? I think uh, there's um, so much uh, stress. Um, you know, we are busy, but uh, we are also consuming uh, a lot of uh, social media, news uh, coming from everywhere. But also there's a lot of stressors that are, we don't maybe think of as stressors like uh, bad foods like ultra processed uh, food alcohol and uh, and such things this uh, can be quite a big stressor actually also altitude above uh, sea level can be a stressor but that's not such a big problem in england is it but uh, in norway and, and in the us actually altitude like if you go up to 2000 meters or or even 1000 meters can be have a high impact on your stress levels so so um we have found out um, during the course of the working with the pulse cure that there's uh, a lot of things that are stressing us. It, it can also be that we are exercising too little or too much, that we are sitting too still. or um, So um, all these different um, things can, can um, be shown on our pulse watches mm-hmm. and our heart rate variability. Um, and of course, uh, a lot of people are skipping sleep, you know, they're sleeping maybe six hours and, um, and that is stressful for the system. So the next day, if you have slept uh, too little, it will be more stressful than if you had slept uh, okay. So, uh, that's part of it, I think. And also you're, you're a teacher and I think, uh, among children, also, uh, there's uh, too little sleep, and, and children will be will be stressed by it. Also, yeah, oh for sure. I, I just feel like we are being bombarded from every different direction with things that are just so so unnatural, so processed. <laughs> you know, it's not just the food, is it? But it's the it's the screens and it's the content that we're consuming on the screens. Uh, that, like you said, the news, the twenty four hour, seven days a week bombardment of like negative news stories so of course like you it's just constant isn't it it's just constant we are surrounded by it so how are you supposed to kind of escape from it it feels like you need to really do so much work to set up your life so that you can kind of like deflect some of it ignore some of it shelter yourself from some of it but it's so hard nowadays isn't it it's hard and also we are distancing ourselves from the way our physiology is developed through evolution Mm -hmm. we are further from nature we don't get enough sun 
And um, particularly those things are things that helps us um, counteract the stress. And we have too little of it and too much of the stress. So, um, so we have to find our way back a little bit towards the, the circumstances that we were evolved with uh, more sun, more natural food, uh, uh, more exercise, but also more rest. So if we look at the hunter-gatherers that are still around, we can uh, do research, uh, and it has been done. They will be in uh, activity maybe two and three hours a day, walk uh, 15,000 steps, but they will also rest a lot more than we do. So w- when they're not hunting and doing things, they're, they're doing nothing. And actually, I, I'm uh, on my way later or next year to see uh, a tribe in the Amazon, and uh, I asked, uh, when is it best to visit them? Uh, and they said, okay, after the rainy season, because in the rainy season, they, they don't do anything. <laughs> so it, it kind of shows that uh, our physiology is developed for completely different circumstances. Uh, but if we can do a little bit towards that, uh, it's okay. We don't have to go completely undressed and, and return to the jungle, but uh, we have to go some way uh, towards it. It's like uh, Matthew Walker, uh, we have been referring to uh, on earlier podcasts, uh, who wrote uh, why, uh, why We Sleep, says that if, if we fight against our biology, we lose. Mm-hmm. And, and that is what we are doing. We are trying to fight biology. We're trying to stay up later than we should. We are trying to eat food that we're not supposed to eat, uh, and so on. We're, we're hunting small dopamine kicks from our phones, um, and we are not t- together with people. Like the, the hunter-gatherers were together all the time. They were never alone, not even at the toilet. And, and now, at least in Norway, half of, half of the population lives as uh, single households. And, um, and this, uh, this affects us more more than we would think, because it goes down, it, it comes down to the basic of our nervous system, the very old, what I call our living inner fossil, the, the, the mammalian brain, the reptilian brain that we, it's, it's not exactly the, the correct term, but it's uh, the old uh, brain that we have inherited affects us more than we would like to know. Uh, so being alone stresses our body. It, uh, because in evolutionary times, being alone meant that you were you were uh, you could you could be hunted by by other am- animals if you were alone because we were always together. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so true, and I and I've I've heard it put before, kind of you know our brains what our, our brains we, we we what similar to they were 10,000 years ago you know we haven't perhaps our brains haven't evolved that much in that time but then if you look at the environment and the circumstances we're living in nowadays like we just haven't had time to catch up have we so we still kind of got the brains of those hunter gatherers um from 10,000 years ago in the stone age kind of walking around and yet we're being bombarded with traffic and bright artificial light and all, all that kind of stuff is is that kind of an accurate picture as well that we just haven't yeah. quite caught up to today that's an accurate picture and that gives us an inflamed mind because when our when our body and our mitochondria uh, and our nervous system is out of whack uh, what suffers most is our brain and 
it will lead to problems that we can articulate how we feel, but it's not necessarily talking about it that will solve it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's that is why exercise is one of the best things to do for depression, because you you feel depressed and you can say that you feel depressed, but you can talk and talk about it, but it will not get you any better. Getting out there, moving and exercising and, and getting your mitochondria in order is, is what will, in many cases, will fix the problem. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Just yeah. just take action. Just take the first step forward. There's that, I think it's Rich Roll or yeah. Tim Ferriss, one of them that talks about um, mood follows action, not action follows mood, as in like if you're not yeah. feeling great, you've got to take action. You can't think yourself into uh, like finding motivation. You can't think yourself into doing the thing that needs to be done. You just need to get started. And I think that's a really nice kind of framework that I take on a Wednesday night when it's a cold, wet night and I really, really don't want to go for a run and I'm feeling a little bit low energy and maybe like, maybe not my best. Um, but then I just know as soon as I put my first step out the door, like I feel great. And then by the time I finish the run, I feel absolutely incredible. So you, um, you talk about how, okay, well, that's the situation we're living in now. Um, but you want to promote this message that we have more control over our health than we think we do. And that the key to reclaiming our health can be found in, in the data that can be provided to us by our phones, by our smartwatches, other devices as well. And there's that a little line that's in the um, that's in the, the description of your book, which talks about start a conversation with your body. It might have you might be surprised by what it tells you, which I think is a really great line. So, what can we learn from our body and from these devices? What's our body trying to tell us? Yeah, first of all, we can control our health a lot more than we thought previously. When I was educated uh, in medical school. Uh, now 25, 30 years ago, we had the impression that uh, disease was uh, a bad luck. It was genetic or something that simply happened out of the blue, bad luck. But now uh, we know that um, we have so much more control uh, of our health. Uh, A study of American veterans has shown that the ones who take the good steps, pretty much the same steps as in the pulse cure, on, on sleep and stress and rest and uh, exercise and food and, and so on, live actually 24 years longer than the ones who don't do those uh, same steps. So there's so much to, to win, both in, in years of being alive on the earth, which is a good thing for, for most people, but also that the health that you will have during those years. So a lot of people think, Okay, why do you want these years? It's only at the end of your life, and that's probably when you are in the nursing home. But it's not like that. The, the, the same steps that will make you healthier and live longer will give you more healthy years in those years as well. That the health span will, will increase. And uh, one of the tools that I'm talking about in the, in the Pulse Cure is that we have a very good measure of the state of our physiology, which is heart rate variability. It's an accepted term and, and uh, way to, to uh, find the state of our autonomic nervous system, but also the state of our mitochondria, of our, our cells in the body. And what is so nice now is that we can measure this state with, with data that we get from our pulse watches in heart rate uh, variability. We have 
we have uh, rings, we have aura rings, we have whoop bands, and and uh, I use a, a Garmin watch, uh, which is the best in the market on the on the watches. A lot of people I understand in England have Fitbits. Um, so we have these tools, and what they do tell us is that what we know is good will be shown in in these um, screens that we will get on our uh, phones. And that makes it more actionable. It, it motivates you so that when you see that a cold plunge is good for you on your nervous system, you're, of course, more motivated to get into that uh, cold shower or into that um, winter swimming water uh, because you see it's good for you. And you will see that exercise is good for you. And you will see that too much exercise is really bad for you. You can see that eating late at night if you eat crisps or, or chips that were what you call it in england uh, it will make your your recovery during the night worse and particularly alcohol which is which is like horrible which is a shock to so many people that when they see the physiological price of alcohol on their watches or rings they're they're downright shocked about uh, how, how much it was. It, it's like if you went to the pub and you thought that you, you paid uh, 20 quids for a, for a beer and you understand the, the, the day after it was 2,000. <laughs> it was a lot more than you, you, than you thought. So this is uh, uh, something that uh, can make you have more control of your state. And what is so good at, is that, uh, and uh, that has been the reason why it has been on the best-selling list now for 47 weeks, is that you notice it right away. So when you get this system in better order, you also feel better. Not in a year or two, but, but today or next week. Um, so, uh, so I think this is uh, in, um, for our modern day inflammation-based diseases. It's as important as antibiotics or vaccines were for the old diseases that was infection-based. So, so this is uh, uh, a very important tool that that uh, also gives us the power. It's a result. It's data that does not belong to the doctor. It belongs to you, and and you will have it uh, on your in your hands, uh, literally. Uh, the the results that you can. It's like a compass. It's like a physiological speedometer that you can use to to uh, regulate your the intensity. Uh, of your life in many ways yeah i think it's such an important point for people to understand that what is affecting our health nowadays and what is killing people is is lifestyle isn't it is is the things that we are doing not doing eating not eating moving our bodies not moving our bodies getting enough sleep sleep whereas 100 years ago you know we compare like you said you know people were or maybe a bit longer were were dying of infectious diseases and things weren't they and now it's like the tables are turned and now we're we're dying from things that are completely in our control i don't know what the the stats are and the the percentage of what we can what we can attribute to lifestyle factors is just huge isn't it but then it also makes me think your your point that you know, we have the power to see this data and we have the power to take control of our health. And it seems like that's even more important nowadays because I think we're so detached, aren't we? We're so detached from our health and how we feel because like you mentioned before, we're constantly looking for that little dopamine hit. We're just distracting ourselves all the time. We don't feel in touch with how we actually feel emotionally and physically 
because there's always a distraction. <laughs> there's always something to watch on Netflix. There's always a video to scroll through on um, social media. And so I think this just marries it all up, doesn't it? And, and it's such an empowering message to say, look, you've got these devices on your phone. You could buy a wearable, whatever it is, and it's telling you something that then you can do something about. It's, before we get onto some of the like the practical applications of that, what we can do with that data, can you just like really briefly for people um, explain a bit more about heart rate variability? You know, a basic pe- understanding that people might have is the difference between the length of the heart beats, beats sorry, not the heart beats, <laughs> the heart beats. But can you speak very briefly, like a little more about what actually it means, heart rate mm-hmm. variability, and why why is it such a good indicator? Heart rate variability is, uh, and it's almost uh, touching to, uh, to realize that the very basic functions of our vital uh, organs, you know, the, the lungs and the heart, it can also give us so much more information of the state of our health, both in the moment and over a, a long time. So what happens is that um, when you breathe in, if you're in a relaxed state, when you breathe in, your heart will beat a little bit faster to exploit that your lungs have more oxygen inside. Uh, and then when you breathe out, the heart will relax a little bit. There's less oxygen in the lungs, so the heart will relax a little bit, measured in milliseconds. But enough that you can feel it. If you are really relaxed in the morning and you pay attention, you can feel this difference. And the uh, Indian doctors, you know, Ayurvedic doctors will use this as a, as a measure of, of your health. So it's ancient um, knowledge. But if you are stressed, regardless of the reason, maybe you have trained too hard, maybe you have eaten too much, uh, maybe it's the day after you have been drinking too much uh, alcohol, uh, whatever reason, or, or you are stressed because you have a presentation or a mm-hmm. podcast or or. Uh, or you have an emotional stress, no matter the reason, your your heart will beat more steadily to also, even if there's less oxygen in the lungs, it's like the system thinks that we have to use every chance to get the blood around. Um, And these differences uh, in heart rate is what our wearables will pick up and measure in milliseconds. And while we are busy living our lives, having our attention focused uh, anywhere else, these devices keep track of our the state of our system. Because from the nature, nature and evolution is actually uh, working against us on this. Because in ancient times, all the threats came from came from the outside. It was other animals. It was um, other tribes uh, threatening us. Um, and we had to keep all our senses uh, outward, our eyesight, our hearing, our touch, our smell, everything. And whatever came from our inside would just be distracting that and making us less prone to survive. So uh, actually inside our ear, you have, you have um, uh, something that will uh, lower the noise from our breath and heartbeats so that nothing will disturb us. So I, I usually compare it to like a submarine that during wartime will have to uh, to uh, make everything silent inside to listen better out uh, into the water. So uh, we, we really don't have a good sense of, of our internal system, really. So, uh, and this is uh, a way to um, uh, assist us 
in feeling, uh, having a better sense of how we are feeling inside, actually. So uh, a lot of people, uh, one of the most common questions I get is, uh, can't we just feel it ourselves? Well, if we could, we wouldn't have this problem. Because as you said, uh, a lot of the diseases we are treating uh, these days are lifestyle related. And if we could feel it, we would be able, able to adjust it a lot better. And they actually, they say that around 80% of the diseases we treat these days are lifestyle related, which means that we have the control of it, that we can change it uh, so that we can avoid getting um, this, these diseases. There are, uh, there are avoidable diseases, actually. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so this, how, how is it that, that sleep and food and exercise, why is it that heart rate variability is the indicator? You might have kind of already explained this, but I'm still trying to get my head around it. Why, why is it that that's the case? It, I think you've said before, like, you know, these these things, if we're not doing enough or too much, they can be stressors. And so that's why our heart rate, heart rate is, is irregular. Is that is that what's going on? Uh, we can take the different, uh, okay, let's, uh, about food. There mm. are some foods that you, that we are not made to eat, mm. particularly ultra processed food. Uh, and that will go through our intestines, our GI, uh, gastrointestinal tract. And, and this system, and that's important to know that it's one cell from the contents of your intestines into the blood. So it's a very, very vulnerable system. And uh, so if you eat something that is either too much for your intestines or something that it is not made for, it will make inflammation in your gut. And this inflammation will uh, lead to a higher heart rate, uh, mm -hmm. a more sympathetic uh, activation of the, uh, of the heart rate and uh, will stress your body. So, so your pulse after a meal, that you that you are not uh, made for your pulse can go for example from 60 until 75 just the, the heart rate and uh, of course heart rate bill, uh, variability is uh, like watching your pulse with a magnifying glass so it, it will be even more uh, visible in heart rate variability than in just your pulse rate and uh, and for example me if i eat something with chili in it and that is something that uh, I cannot, uh, it will um, ruin my night. <laughs> I will, if I eat, uh, like I did some days ago, I eat some sausages. I didn't know it was chili in it. It didn't say that on the, on the description. Um, and it, uh, the day after, it feels like I'm having three, four glasses of wine. <laughs> because the effect will be the same, an inflammation in, in, uh, in your body. And uh, also, the, if I sleep too little, uh, it will also lead to a higher state of inflammation in the body. And uh, it can also be seen in, uh, I often use a uh, uh, blood sugar continuous glucose uh, monitor. And if I have slept bad, uh, I will, the same meal will make a bigger rise in the blood sugar, actually, in the, in the morning. And when it comes to exercise, uh, there are two things. You can e either exercise too little so that your, uh, your fitness level is too low, measured, for example, in VO2 max, as you may be. Um, VO2 max is a measure of your, your, your uh, fitness level. 
if you exercise too little, your VO2 max is too low. Uh, everyday life is too stressful. You have to use more forces just to go on the stairs, just to do, just for the body to do its, what it's supposed to do. Uh, so that will drain resources from you. It's like you have a, like a big uh, lorry with a small engine uh, <laughs> that always have to go on, on a full uh, gas uh, throttle. Uh, and in the other direction, if you are training too much, which a lot of people do, they are working hard, they are having kids, uh, family life, and they also want to be very good at training. So they think the harder you train, the better it uh, will be. Uh, I used to think like that. Uh, but then you can see that that will be too much. It will be too much of a stress on your system. It's like you have a body budget of uh, available energy and you have to take in everything to account your everyday work and uh, your family life and your exercise so it will all take resources resources from the same account so to so to speak mm. uh, so um, if you're a nurse for example if you're a nurse running around in the hospital all day and then it may be too much to go training but if you have an office job uh, it, it might be very good you as a teacher, you probably know that uh, one, one day as a teacher is quite uh, hard. I, I've been a substitute teacher myself. Uh, that's what I did during my medical school. I used to do a lot of teaching. And it's quite hard. It's quite taxing on you. You have the, the attention. You have the, the emotional connection to all the students and so on. So that is why a lot of the people who get burnout, they work in these areas taking care of people, being emotionally connected to people. And then that will take resources. So you may not be able to train that much uh, if you have a hard day at work. You have mm. to balance this total budget. And that is what these wearables will help you to do because they will show you when you are overtaxed, uh, your, when your system is uh, on, on the verge of being burned out. And I don't know in, in, in England, in, in Norway, there's a lot of people being burned out. It's, it's a huge, every day in, uh, in my office as a doctor, I will, I will uh, experience that. I'm not sure how, how it is this in England. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure of exact numbers or anything like that, but it seems to definitely be something that's being talked about. In in the teaching profession, there is definitely a lot of people leaving, um, people that have just kind of had enough, it's too much. And so, yeah, I, I'm sure some of those staff would describe themselves as burnt out, that, that it's just got to the point where they can't carry on. So they're, so they're looking for other work. You hear about people that are kind of saying, what, why would I do this to myself? And they, they go and get a job maybe in a supermarket or something like that on the on the on the cash register because they're maybe paid about the same or a little less but it's just nowhere near the amount of 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 stress um yeah so yeah for sure it's a it's a problem in england as well um so i think it's really interesting what you say that the, the devices can tell us, you know, those can give us a really clear readout of, right, yeah, this is the day to take our foot off the, the gas pedal, the accelerator pedal, maybe, and just relax. And today, yeah, maybe you, you have, you are able to, to go and train after a day of work. And I suppose I, I'm always relying on my, my own intuition and, and just thinking, what can I do? Um, think, thinking, how do I feel? There's definitely some days where I get back from, from a whole, a whole day of teaching and there's 
30 children all throwing different questions at you throughout the day and and it's tiring. So yeah, some days I'll have planned to go to the gym or for a run and get back and just say, no, no, I think I think it's time just to rest. Um, and other days I'll, I'll still feel good, but I'm in a privileged position. I suppose there are some people that get home and they've got a family to look after and feed and wash for and, and you just, it's kind of like, it's go, 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 go all the time. I've heard the analogy of like, you know, you're, you're in a car and pressing the accelerator pedal, but the, the clutch isn't engaged. So your engine's just constantly whirring, whirring, whirring. You're kind of like up there all the time and you don't have that that time to to pause, recognize when you just need to slow down and, and relax. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And, and you are, you have a good physiology. Uh, I, I can see just from, from uh, looking at you that you have a good fitness level and, uh, and you would be able to do that job fine. But, but another teacher that would not be as um, conscious about uh, their fitness level and uh, uh, would maybe eat a bag of chips in the evening, you know, as a, as a comfort for, for, for this hard work. And not knowing that this will ruin the night, yeah, uh, and and make the recovery worse, so that the next day the, the person has less forces for the students. So what these uh, wearables do is that they make you aware of maybe some what we call energy thieves that you mm. didn't know about. You, you, maybe you thought that having a glass of wine before night would calm you down and would be a good thing after a hard day at work, and then you see that no, it's a terrible thing. But we have a hard time evaluating this ourselves because the next day we would think, okay, it was a rough day last uh, night. Uh, last uh, the day was hard, and you wouldn't necessarily know that what was hard was the meal, or, yeah. or or the alcohol, or the bag of chips, or chocolate. These things that a lot of people see on their watches uh, that that, uh, that is uh, taxing their system, and then if they took those energy thieves out. Uh, and replace them with some good things. They may be able to do this work, uh, and uh, so the problem was not necessarily the work, but the, but the whole, the whole lifestyle. So say so. I, I think everybody will find something that they, will improve their situation when they when they start using the heart rate variability and these variables. And of course, th- this book, the the Pulse Cure, and the, the reason why it's now released in England so fast. After I released it in Norway, it's just it's less than a year that it was released in Norway. It's been on the best-selling list for forty-seven weeks, and it's done and, so uh, well, hasn't fourth it? Of, fourth, of, yeah, it's incredible. And the fourth of January, it's coming out in England, UK, uh, Australia, uh, New Zealand, and Ireland. And that is because it's it's, it's the first uh, guidebook really on how to use these variables uh, and use it in in regard to sleep. Uh, nutrition, exercise, rest, stress, alcohol, nicotine, actually, and uh, and menstruation. For example, uh, if you are menstruating the week before the menstruation, uh, will be taxing for your system. It will be you will have less forces available for that week. So this week you may not uh, be able to train that much, and and maybe even there's talk about maybe you you should have a day off or, or two days off that week. Because uh, for a lot of women, it's uh, it's a big um, uh, well. It, it takes a lot of energy, and and you will see that on your watches too. You will you will see that your heart rate variability will go down in that week. It will be low. It will be a lower heart rate variability as a symbol 
sign that your 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 system is stressed. So um, so you have to take that into account. Yeah. So um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think speaks to the success of the book is that like. I suppose people people have got these devices, but they don't really know what to do with them. I think it's kind of like having a a new car that can do all these things, but you're not really sure what to do with it. And it's telling you all this information. You can see it on the dashboard, but you don't really understand what it means. And so I suppose mm. your book is really like yeah. explaining that, isn't it? What can we take from it? Mm. So maybe that's yeah. where we can step into now. You know, if if people are looking at their devices more closely they're looking at the data they've noticed when their heart rate variability rises falls over a course of weeks or months or whatever and they're thinking right well what do i do with this data what can i do um so what 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 can you do if if you notice it dipping if you notice that it's telling you your sleep score is terrible and your stress score is high what can we do and i i think linked to that question as well is what where does personalization come into this like where where are there individual differences like i might sleep really poorly and i need to do something that might be different to what you need to do when you've slept really badly um or is it that actually there are some general principles that anyone listening to this anyone reading your book can take away and understand these are some really basic steps that you can take that will improve the data Yes, so so it's, it's both of both of that. It's both. There's a lot of things that will uh, affect everybody, but mm-hmm. it will usually affect everybody in a bit different degree. So what uh, right. would uh, affect me a lot will affect you maybe not so much. So this is a way to individualize medicine, make it more personalized, to see how do you react to the different things. Are you very distressed from emotional uh, situations or not? That will differ a lot. So, um, so this is a way because as doctors, we are used to getting uh, the results of research as a as an average. That we find out how does the average person respond to this either medicine or this uh, whatever factor. Uh, but that doesn't really count. It doesn't say how how you respond to it. So how we so here with the variables we get um, data on how you will respond to a certain thing, but what is for most people, for example, in nutrition is that we eat too long part of the day. So if we eat breakfast at seven o'clock and we eat regularly, uh, as we have been told, you know, from the food industry, you know, mainly, uh, and until the night, we don't give our intestines enough time to recover. Um, and, and that affects a lot. So a lot of people find out that an eating window from, for example, from 11 to seven o'clock, uh, eight hour eating window will fix a lot of problems. They feel a lot better because they will not have this inflammation in their intestines. And this inflammation, the, the cytokines that, uh, that are the result of this inflammation will affect your brain. So you, you will feel bad also in your brain from a condition that stems from eating bad food for too long during the day. So this uh, intermittent fasting will even, uh, as, um, as Mindy Peltz, she's uh, an expert on fasting, says that it will even make up for a junk food uh, uh, nutrition. If, if you can uh, give your intestines enough time during the, the night, uh, night fast to recover. And, the, and that is what everybody usually will respond to. 
but then you also have that some people uh, can tolerate gluten less, some people can tolerate milk less or eggs or what have you, and then they will see that. So I, I could see that some meals, if I ate some meals that uh, with a lot of milk in it, I saw that my, my stress levels were really high. You know, out of it, it didn't seem logical to me. But then I took some tests, and it, it showed that I have some some uh, intolerance towards um, milk and gluten that a lot of people uh, have. And then I can adjust it. I, I don't cut it out totally, but I, I can be careful of it and, and eat something else. Uh, and particularly if, if there's a stressful day, then I know, okay, chicken salad, you know, or, or fish and salad. Then I know that this will be a, a less of a more stress on my system. Another day, if I feel fine, I can I can eat uh, whatever I want. Uh, so, um, and likewise with alcohol, some people tolerate it better, and uh, and um, uh, other will will uh, tolerate it worse. And um, on training, for example, if you are in a bad um, fitness, have a bad fitness levels, if you have a VO two max, for example, of thirty, then. Just a, a walk in the park um, can actually give you uh, uh, too much um, lactic um, acid uh, that the person with a VO2 max of 40 or 45 would take as easy as uh, nothing. So um, this will individualize uh, the data that you that you get. Yes, actually, mm -hmm. it will. Yeah. So it's all about that self-experimentation, I guess, isn't it? Like... And the, these devices make us way more aware of what's going on. I think one one of the most important things that you've mentioned so far is is the like the nightcap drink, the the red wine or the whiskey just before bed, or the packet of crisps. Like they're saying that this message is so pervasive. Like, oh, if you're not feeling great, like, oh, just treat yourself. Have an alcoholic drink. Mm. Have some processed food, and just you know you've deserved it because you've worked really high. Mm. Whereas if you're more in mm. tune with yourself, and if you're looking at your Garmin or your Whoop and noticing what effect that has, you go, oh wait, actually, you know, yeah, it might work for someone else. It might help calm them down, but that's really not having that effect on me. It's not leaving me feeling mm. great at all. Rather than being completely unaware to it and you you have a glass of red wine you sleep badly again and so then you think the next day oh well, i slept badly again so i'm gonna have another glass of red wine because it couldn't have been that yeah. and so yeah. it's, it's like yeah. you said this personalization like you're recognizing the foods the activity mm. the the different things yeah. that are affecting you and make the adjustment adjustments absolutely and, and i i must say i have done all the mistakes in the book everything <laughs> Because I used to have a couple of drinks after a busy day at the office as a doctor and having a family with small kids. So I absolutely thought uh, two glasses of wine every day, I would be fantastic to calm down. Uh, of course, I didn't have any wearable at the time. I used to weigh 20 kilos uh, more. I don't know what that is in English. Uh, it's probably 40 pounds. I used to weigh 40 pounds more than I do today. Uh, I did not train. Uh, I, I didn't care about what I was eating. I was using the nicotine, um, sometimes smoking, sometimes with something we have in Norway called snus. It's some you put under your lip. Uh, so I used to do everything wrong. So, um, But when my father died, he died uh, 10 years ago, uh, and then I, uh, I saw that, okay, I have to change my life around because the way I'm heading, I'm starting to look like my patient's. And and uh, I I could suddenly see more clearly what was um, what was happening. So I, and when I then started to read the updated literature 
on on health. Then I saw that we we know a lot more about how to keep and keep ourselves healthy because what we learned in medical school and probably what they still learn in medical school is to to categorize uh, the diseases and find out what's the treatment we didn't we didn't learn how to avoid getting sick and the problem also is that there's so much money in treating sick people that there's a bias towards treating them because follow the money that that's where the money is there's not so money much money in avoiding people getting sick. And that is part of the problem. Everything in the pulse cure is free. To set down the temperature, to to drink uh, water instead of alcohol, to to eat the clean food, to to have breathing exercises, uh, uh, to sleep better, this is all free. Uh, And it's also something that makes it, okay, if you get sick, and you have a lot of money, you can get better treatment. Uh, and a, a poor person would, would have to settle for maybe a not so good treatment. But in avoiding getting sick, you know, it's free. It, it doesn't uh, cost anything. So it's um, kind of what, uh, what you would call it, equalizing the, the, the situations for rich and poor, or whatever expression there is for that. Yeah. So I mean, we, we can't underestimate how like how important that message is as we can we what you've just said is mm. i think an absolutely vital narrative that needs to be put out there that the prevention like we we have it in our hands we have the tools they are free they are simple mm. breathwork techniques exercise it can all be done that you don't need i'm mm. constantly banging on about this like you don't need the fancy things you don't need the fancy trainers and the equipment and all that stuff do you it's 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 there it's our hands we just need to to grasp it and i, and I didn't realize that about your father and like it's it, there seems to always be um so often there's some kind of tragedy that that was a precursor to someone going out into the world and wanting to make a difference and, and you've now come out and written this book like as a result of that whole journey and thinking well i don't want to end up like that and like i know that i have the power to change things and now you're you're putting it out into the world and i just i always find that so um, inspirational when i hear a story like that so yeah, yeah. that's my little, um, mm, my yeah, little speech <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. Um, yeah, thank you. Before we wrap up, what is what is then the the device that you'd really recommend? What what do you think is is accurate? Is user friendly? Maybe one that doesn't cost the earth as well, um, so so people can have access mm-hmm. to this this tool. Yeah, yeah. The, the by far best tool that I've found so far, and I've tried a lot of different uh, wearables. Is, is Garmin watches, and there will also be the oh. cheapest ones. I'm sure you, you'd find uh, a Garmin watch for like 100 pounds uh, as, as the cheapest ones. You, you would probably be able to buy it secondhand even. Uh, but they will have uh, watches that goes up to probably four or 5,000, 6,000, yeah. 600 pounds. Uh, and um, that will be more accurate, even more accurate. Uh, what, the, what Garmin has is that they have bought the system of first beat. Uh, which is a Finnish company, a physiological company that has the best way of demonstrating uh, throughout the day, uh, the 24 hours, and they have a they, they show you in curves how to um, how much energy you have with a system they call body battery, uh, and th- this system is by far the best. But you can also use a lot of people have a, have a 
uh, Apple Watches. And if they have Apple Watches, uh, they can use uh, an app called Athletics. That's at least what I've heard that is the best uh, app for, um, for that. Uh, you can have an aura ring. If you don't like to have a watch, you can have an aura ring, uh, which probably cost, uh, 300, um, 300 something, um, pounds. And, uh, you have a whoop band, probably the same price, but that's an annual, um, prescription. Whoop has a great podcast. So if you're interested in heart rate variability, the whoop podcast will be a good place to start. Oh. Or just to, or just to just to to Google heart rate variability, you will find a lot of uh, readings, and almost almost all diseases are connected to heart rate variability. So even cancer, heart disease, uh, dementia, and most uh, most the diseases, you can Google like almost any disease and plus heart rate variability, and you'll have a lot of research to read through. Um, but I would, uh, I would definitely recommend Garmin. Uh, I hear that a lot of people, uh, in, um, in the UK use Fitbits. I'm not so, uh, uh, I wouldn't know how, how well they are, uh, but, uh, but anything is a lot better than, than nothing. And I understand that they will give you the answer of heart rate variability, but maybe not during the day, but in this area, because Usually as a doctor, all the results we get, lab results or radiological results will be after you are sick. So heart rate variability is among the few biomarkers that will predict your risk of getting sick. So, uh, so, um, so this is one of the revolutionary aspects of this, that it's a, it's a number we get before you get sick. So um, that will tell you something about this risk. So um, I'm not sure if this was the answer to your question, but uh, but there are lots yeah. of uh, lots of variables, and you may already have one. At least in Norway, more than half of the the nation uses a, a watch that can measure the pulse. They already have it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I've got a Garmin like the one of the most basic ones, and I've had it for about five years now. It's a Garmin Forerunner. What is it? Two three five something like that. And, mm-hmm. I, and I, it's great for tracking my runs, but I find the heart rate sensor on it isn't isn't very good. It will it seems to kind of give me a general picture, but I think perhaps because it's old and it's not like the straps kind it's of broken, it's not very well attached to yeah. my wrists, and so yeah. I kind of like sometimes mm. I'll do a session and it's it's saying that my heart rate only went to sixty. I'm like, well, no, definitely I was yeah. <laughs> like so, I was so, dying. Yeah, so. And that that seems important. So if if uh, if you are training and, and particularly if you are training very vigorously, uh, then then you probably would need uh, this uh, pulse bands that you attach to yeah, your stomach right. to get accurate readings. But it's uh, but it's even more important how your heart rate is outside of that uh, training exercise. Session. Okay. So afterwards, so under um, five years would be too old for a. Uh, Garmin because the I think the body battery system started like four years ago that they acquired first bit the system so I'm not sure do you have body battery on your your watch or, or? no no that doesn't no I've never no. heard of that before so no no so it's 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 the body battery system it, it sounds like a like a Donald Duckish uh, thing but, but it's uh, <laughs> it's just a gimmick you know but but it's uh, it's uh, it's made by the the best physiological company right. uh, first bit. Okay. so it's uh, it's a uh, and it, right. it's understandable. So what is so nice um, is also that uh, this, um, the different gadgets, the different wearables will make it understandable for, for everyone. They have made, made their system so that um, uh, I've not uh, 
what is my experience that people find this out. They, 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 they don't need a very high competence, medical competence to, to understand this. It's, it's, it's like in the car. It's a, you, you see the speed of your, yourself. You see if how much is in your, in your gas tank. How much do you have left? Uh, and if you can, if you can, um, and if you can drive a car, uh, and, uh, in, in 50 miles an hour and still be able to track your speed, how much is left in your petrol uh, and so on, th- then you can do this. It's, it's, uh, it's similarly easy. Right. Okay. Okay. So I might be doing an upgrade. That might be a Christmas present. Maybe I'll have to ask for, I'll have to ask Santa. <laughs> Right, so we have got about five minutes left. Um, I normally ask right. these three quickfire questions to every guest, mm. so you can mm. you know, the answers can be as, as short as, as or as long as you like. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about where people can get your book and and where they can connect with you as well. But the mm. the quickfire mm. questions. The first one is: um, What's one lesson you wish you'd have been taught when you were young? Yes, I was really struggling with that one because I somehow <laughs> felt that I got the lessons. Uh, oh, I, good. Uh, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe I was where I was lucky. Uh, and um, but what I would uh, think that I experienced myself was that the hardships were the way to go. That the hardships is not something that you're supposed to avoid. That you're supposed to confront them. That you're supposed you're supposed to do what you're scared of. So even if you're scared of something, it doesn't mean that you're not supposed to do it. You, it might be actually the way you should be heading. That's where the energy is. Mm-hmm. So um, so maybe that. Uh, but I I understood that. So that's what I've done. And if if I had to, to choose between an easy thing and a difficult thing, a bit scary thing, yeah, I, I would do that. So, but that, that's what I think would be um, the lesson that uh, I somehow either learned or was taught that uh, that I would like to teach others, uh, if I can put it like that. Nice. Um, what's ha- one habit that someone could introduce to their lives, just one thing that I could introduce to their day that you think would, would help them? I'm interested to know your answer to this <laughs> because there must be so many habits that you think are valuable. That would be a lot of habits, but one that would be maybe a bit strange to people is uh, cold showers. So, oh, so doing a cold shower to to uh, just in the morning, maybe two minutes of cold showers. Maybe start easy. Maybe start with uh, thirty seconds, and in the beginning, you're just screaming. You know, you're just turning it from maybe the normal, uh, normal warm shower, and just turn it straight over to the cold. You have to brace yourself, and particularly for the first fifteen seconds, because they are the worst. And then, then gradually more and more until maybe two minutes in the cold showers, and that will make you um, your system. For a lot of people, turn into the parasympathetic rest mode. So even though you may think it's it's uh, worse in stressing you, it will. For most people, turn the the heart rate variability to be a lot better. It will give you forces, make you your mind more clear. So, so temperature is a great way to adjust your autonomic nervous system. Both both your breath is a way to as a lever into your uh, nervous system, but also temperature, also cold. Um, 
So, and if you are at work, also take off your warm shirt because the, the heat will, will stress you in, in maybe a small degree, but during the whole day at the office, it, it will, it will mean something. So maybe be, be a bit colder, either in the, in the shower or in general, put down the temperature. Mm-hmm. I like that. And if you could give everyone in the world one book, which book would you give them? Yes, I, I listened to some of the other podcasts. So uh, there's a couple of those that are already taken now. So that uh, oh. why we sleep, uh, <laughs> I, I would have said, and the alchemist, I, I would have said. But then I have to uh, go to uh, another. Uh, it's by Ryan Holiday. It's uh, Ryan Holiday has written so many great books, but one of the ones I like the best is "The Obstacle Is the Way." So uh, it's a, he writes short books. They're very manageable. It's like under fifty to two hundred pages. Uh, and the obstacle is the way uh, that is based on stoicism. Um, Ryan Holiday has also uh, made the book uh, The Daily Stoic, um, and he's probably the one person who has made the the, the thinking, the philosophy of the Stoics uh, into a modern uh, philosophy accessible mm-hmm. for everyone. So how to think, uh, how to use your mind. So. Um, uh, so, so the pulse cure is about the, the basics of your nervous system, because if you if your basic nervous system is out of whack, you cannot think clearly. But after then you got your basic nervous system in order, then you can use philosophy to improve your life. And uh, and then um, the Ryan Holiday's books are are uh, the best uh, ones, and particularly this one with the obstacle, because a lot of people think that. Obstacles are in our way. We don't want them, but but they are ways to grow. Uh, even the obstacles that you you would not like, for example, COVID. You know, was uh, was uh, an obstacle for all of us. We we would never choose to put such a big obstacle in front of us, would we? But what we have learned is, for example, to do what we do now. It's been an explosion in podcasts. It's been an explosion in the way we can relate um, via Zoom or other other platforms that have uh, made big Im- improvements. Uh, I think the new the wave of health interest and um, awareness has a lot to do with the podcast uh, explosion that, that, that came out of uh, COVID, I think. And also the, the, because you, you could see during COVID that the ones who had a poor fitness level were more prone to get COVID and to get sick from COVID. So there's a lot, uh, the, the COVID, makes this split between who who um, who uh, made bad bad choices or who made good choices from covid so so yeah. uh, first so for me covid was a good thing <laughs> even if even if i had it a couple of times <laughs> well i think for many people yeah like you said it, it was a wake up call like like we've been talking about throughout this podcast that my health is in my hands and there's something i can do about it mm. and i think for many people it was mm. it was that wake up call and they decided to mm. get fit they thought about what they were eating and and they've thought mm. about ways to relax and they thought about the importance of connection mm. as well and seeing people so yeah i think it's yeah. right yeah. i think you're right mm. right talk it's been it's been so good talking to you thank you for mm. taking the time out of your very very busy schedule i know to to come and chat to me i really appreciate it mm. yes. um i will put a, so a link to the book the um the pulse cure in the the show notes so i'll put the amazon link um but where where can people connect with you and find out more about your work and keep up to date with what you're oh, doing no. 
I'll be on uh, on the Pulse uh, Cure on Instagram. I'm also on Dr. Torkel on Instagram, but that's in a Norwegian place for so far. But I think <laughs> I, I, I'll uh, communicate mainly on the on the 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 Pulse Cure. That uh, nice. now that uh, the book will be released in English, that we will have a lot of information there on Instagram. And uh, also, we have a place called thepulsecure.com that also will be uh, be operative um, when it comes to uh, January and uh, the launch of the book internationally. It will also be uh, released in the US in uh, in April. So uh, it's busy now, but I don't think it's going to be <laughs> much uh, easier in the year to follow. It's not going to quiet now. down. So now, so, now I, <laughs> so now I really need to use my wearables to be able to go up and down in intensity and, and be able to to, to rest and recover uh, also. So yeah, I have to use the, use my own book. <laughs> exactly, yeah, between all those speaking opportunities, publishing mm. duties, all that stuff, yeah. 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 Oh, great. Yeah. Well, it's great to see the success of the book and, like, I wish you luck, mm. I wish you a lot of luck for, um, mm. you know, it being released uh, across the world now in the new year. It's exciting, mm. it's exciting. Mm. Thank you again. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you found my conversation with Torquil insightful. If you did enjoy the episode, please, as always, share it with friends, family and colleagues who you think would find it helpful. And you can also support me and this podcast by following and rating the show on whichever app you're listening on. Thank you again, and I look forward to bringing you another episode soon.